Welcome to the Brinkman Podcast, the podcast where we talk about the audio drama The Brinkman Adventures. We go behind the scenes and speak to the writers, the actors, and most importantly, the missionaries who actually live the stories we're telling. I'm your host, Sarah Bolton, for today. Unfortunately, Eric Schiller is not here, but I do have with me someone who's very special to me, Ian Boltman. I am your co-host today. <laughs> That's right. And it's very wonderful because Ian has written The Brinkman Adventures. He's a producer. And we are so grateful. The reason Eric Schiller is not here is because he got sick this past week. And thankfully, he's doing okay, but um, he's not able to be with us, unfortunately. But we do have an amazing guest who is here that we'll introduce later. But for now, we want to just kind of introduce the episode we're going to be talking about. Um, this is the episode Blue Hat and T-Shirt Bible. It's on season two of the Brinkman Adventures. And it starts way back. This is kind of the beginning of the Brinkmans, right, Ian? It is. Yeah. So this is when everybody was still young and we were just beginning to figure out how do we do this thing. But we stumbled upon this amazing story. So this story begins in China as John Bechtel is going and he's bringing a younger missionary in and they're actually looking for Christians. Actually, we called him John Benti in the episode, though. Yes, we did. Because at the time he was traveling to China, we had to, we had to hide his identity. Yes, that's right. But anyway, they're looking for a Christian, and they they do some pretty unique things to find Christians because they're hard to find. I mean, it's very dangerous to be an open Christian there at the time, and um, so no one wanted to admit they're a Christian. So in the story, it's really fun. You hear some different ways that he's he's searching for Christians, and along the way, God's doing amazing things to help this happen. Um, and at the very end of some miraculous events, you hear the result of that whole thing where he ends up finding a Christian. And we're going to play a clip now that kind of helps you get the very end of the story. And then we're going to talk to John himself and hear more about it. So go ahead, Josh, and roll the clip. That night, Donna and I cut pages from each of the five Bibles to make one whole Bible. That way, my friend wouldn't get in trouble when he left. It took all night to cut the pages out and sew it up. Donna used my favorite t-shirt to make the cover. What a clever idea, John. You guys must have been exhausted. Oh, we were. We had to hurry so we could get to the airport and catch our flight home. I could hardly wait to see her face. You came back. We have some gifts for you. I know you said you don't need money, but here. Put it over there. And we also have some clothes we'd like to give you. Thank you. Put them over there. I'm so glad that we met you, sister. May God bless you. God bless you, my brother. John, aren't you forgetting something? Oh, yeah. We found this for you. Probably the world's first t-shirt Bible. Bible? My Bible? Thank you. It's beautiful. This is the happiest day of my life. How you find it? God had the right person at the right place at the right time. Wow, what a scene. I just love that scene. I tear up every time I listen to that. Just thinking about that lady and how she had been so faithfully serving the Lord without Scripture, without any other Christians around her, and the miraculous way that 
John was able to find her. Incredible. Yeah. And in and, and telling that story, it was incredible, too, because if you remember, we didn't have any Chinese actors. And we got to the story, and I remember coming to church think, thinking, how are we going to find actors for this? And there were some Chinese in the back of our church. I had never seen them before. Huh. And they said, oh, we have a Bible study with a whole bunch of Chinese people. And so they brought in this woman who played this lady who couldn't speak hardly any English. And I remember we fed her the lines, and it was like the Holy Spirit just gave her that. Wow. And we were just crying in the studio when that was recorded. So That's amazing. amazing yeah. And, you know, she probably had some experience back in China knowing how difficult that is. Well, let's in- introduce our guest. Yes, let's. <laughs> we are so excited. Um, John Bechtel, thank you so much for joining us. I'm happy to be here. We're sitting in our studio right now overlooking Lake Michigan, and it's foggy. It's beautiful. And last night, we had an amazing event where John was speaking. So we said, could you come and speak to us on our podcast and tell us more about the stories that we, we featured on The Brinkman? So thank you for coming. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm happy to be here. Can you just bring us back to that scene when you saw that lady and gave her that Bible? Will you tell us a little bit more about what, what was going on there and, and how that impacted you or her? The hardest part of the whole story was getting to that lady. I had gone into various places to try to find Christians. Uh, When I sat down to eat, I prayed with my hands in the prayer position, and I tried everything. And finally, I decided to stand out on the street and find somebody who could take me to a Christian because we were leaving the next day. And here comes a woman down the street. In those days, they wore blue uniforms. She came down the street, and her Blue uniforms looked like nobody else's blue uniforms. And her hair was just perfect. And she wasn't walking down the street. She was sashaying down the street, hoping everybody would see her. And I stopped her. And I said, how are you today in Chinese? Mm. And she said, wow, you speak Chinese? I said, I just did. (laughs) And she said, can I help you? I said, yes, I'm looking for a Christian. She said, I'm not interested. And I said, can you tell me where I can buy some perfume? And she said, there's no perfume in this country. Huh. Ah, I can just smell it. I said, well, I'll give you some perfume if you lead me to a Christian. <laughs> she said, yes. I went upstairs and I said to my wife, Donna, please tell me that you brought some perfume. And she said, yes, you cheapskate. I brought that cheap perfume and there's only about a quarter of an inch in the bottom of it. So I filled it with water and went back down and gave it to the lady, and she took us to meet the, the Christian woman. <laughs> that is the most, bribery. <laughs> the most creative way I've ever heard of doing missions. <laughs> no kidding. When I got home, I had to buy my wife a new bottle of perfume. That was the bad part. But I bought the cheap stuff. <laughs> you kept the budget down. Yes. That's amazing. You know, the thing about this story, at the very beginning, we hear you, you're trying to get to Guilin. Which is the city, and this is in the in the story, this is where you find the Christian. So and in that story, you bump into this lady with a blue hat who ends up getting you on a train, which is a place you're not supposed to go. You don't have a ticket. You're not supposed to go in the VIP area. But she gets you in, and miraculously, you're able to go there, and everyone lets you on and off without a ticket. And what we infer is that that woman maybe was an angel. Can you talk to us about that? I, I have no question in my mind she was an angel. Why do you think we that? We were in a train station that on Chinese New Year's, when everybody goes by train somewhere, and the place was so packed with people 
and there were three of us. And the lady amongst us had to go to the bathroom. So I had the gentleman who was with us take her, and I stayed with the baggage. And while I was standing there in absolute, utter chaos, a woman in a blue hat comes up to me and says, good evening, in perfect British English. Hmm. And I said, good evening. She said, how are you? I said, I'm not doing very well. We're trying to buy tickets to get to Guaylin, and we, we can't find where to buy them, and they won't let us. I've tried to give people $100 for a ticket, and we can't get them. Come with me. I said, well, there's three of us. Oh, where are they? I said, well, <laughs> they're in the restroom. They'll be here shortly. She said, oh, those are, the restrooms here are not very good. They'll be here very quickly. <laughs> so they came back right away, and I said, uh, here's this lady in the blue hat. Uh, she's going to... Uh, help us. She, and we had already confronted the police at the place where you could be helped. They had thrown us out of there. We tried to get by them. I had one policeman by his belt off the ground walking forward. <laughs> and finally, we realized we're not getting anywhere. So, this Were lady, you carrying him? Why, was were you, why were you doing that? I was carrying him. And, and my friend on the other side, Scott Hall, had, had another guy who's carrying him. What? Well, that's the only way we could go forward. They were blocking us. So finally, they, so you did have a confrontation. They called out the troops, so we retreated. And this lady is directing us right to that place, uh -oh. up these stairs. And these policemen all salute to this woman with the blue hat on. We go through. She says, be seated. We sit down. She says, let's go out, get on the train now. We go out. We walk down the length of the train. We go in up the steps past a monitor. We go into a room. This will be your room to Guangzhou. Have a nice trip. And she left. And then I turned to Scott and I said, Scott, we need to give her 20 bucks or something for being so nice to us. Mm -hmm. So I went out looking for her and couldn't find her. And uh, I speak Cantonese. Scott speaks Mandarin. We went to all the doors and we said, did you see us walk by here with a woman with a blue hat on? No, there was no woman with the blue hat on. Hmm. We went to the other place where we came up the stairs into the train. Did you see us come in here? Why did you let us in here? Yeah. Because you're getting on the train. But wasn't there a lady with a blue hat on? No, there's no lady with a blue hat You're crazy. There's no lady with a blue hat on. I let you in this train. Hmm. That was my job. <laughs> so then we get in the train, and all of a sudden, food comes to us. It's an all-night train ride. Food is brought to us. We had no money because we were going to fly out of there, and you can't take money out of China. So we had no money. We couldn't pay for it. It just came. Huh. And so I went to the kitchen, and I said, we'd like to pay for that food somehow. Uh, how about I give you my watch? He said, you don't have to give us anything. There's a note on the wall here that said, feed the foreigners. <laughs> So wow. we can feed you anytime you want. Wow. When we got off the train in Guangzhou, I, I said to the people I was with, I said, this is where the trouble starts because mm -hmm. you need a ticket to get off the train in mm -hmm. China. Okay. We get to the man uh, who collects the tickets. And I said, uh, in Cantonese, I said, we don't have any tickets. He said, we didn't expect you to have tickets. There's a, a, a notice on the wall in the office that says there'll be three foreigners on the train without tickets. Oh, my goodness. <gasps> Lady in the blue hat had to be an angel.
Wow. I don't know how else to describe it. And, I, and I've had other people try to tell, well, maybe she's this and that. <laughs> no, no. If you were there, you knew that she was sent by God to get us on that train to get us out of China. Wow. That is amazing. It's amazing. Every once in a while you hear stories like that and you just, God is God. He can do whatever he wants. That's right. One of the questions I had after listening to this story and after thinking about it is, in your experience, is this normal, these kinds of things, miraculous things, is that a normal thing on the mission field? Or is it something that we all should kind of think God wants to do that in our lives? What would you say, having lived on the mission field and here in the States? I think God wants to do things like that in our lives. I think things like that happen in our lives we don't even know about. And uh, I've I've encountered things like that all around the world, in Africa and in Europe and different places. God just shows up, does something you can't believe it happened. That woman that we gave the Bible to, unbelievable that she was so happy to receive the Bible, so happy. I, I, I offered her money. She said, put it over there. I don't mm-hmm. need money. I, I offered her all our clothes. We weren't taking any clothes home. We gave them all to her. She said, mm-hmm. well, I don't need that. Mm-hmm. She looked back. I, she wanted the Bible, mm-hmm. which I had in the in a bag, a T-shirt sewed around a Bible that Donna sat up all night and made. And uh, when she got that, she took it to her chest and said, Bo Bui, Bao Bei, which means precious, mm-hmm. precious. She said, that's not precious. That's not mm-hmm. precious. This is precious. Wow. I thank you from the bottom of my heart. I never thought I'd see a Bible again. That's wow. awesome. And that's one of the miraculous things in that story is that you bumped into the man who had those Bibles. You were just looking for them, right? And suddenly this guy shows up in your hotel who you knew who had five Bibles. And then like we hear, you cut them apart all night and sewed them back that's together. Right. That was an incredible he story. He wouldn't give me a Bible because he said he'd get arrested because they put down five Bibles in, five Bibles out. That's right. I said, give them to me overnight. I'll give them back to you in the morning. And we cut a whole Bible out of the five Bibles <laughs> and sewed them together. It's incredible. How did you think of that on the spot, John? I mean, I'm smart. <laughs> Yes, you are. I, I mean, we had we were in trouble. We we weren't going to get a Bible from this guy. He's a pastor for crying out loud. I said, <laughs> yeah. you you'd go to jail for for giving a Bible to somebody, wouldn't you? He said, no. I wouldn't. <laughs> so wow. anyway, that's how we did it. So another question I have is this: a lot of times I can think, and maybe other people think this too. Yeah, here's this guy saying, yes, God wants to work in these amazing ways in your life. He's doing things. He's he's actually here and he's interacting with us or. He's changing our situations for things. If we look, you know, he's doing stuff. And I can imagine people saying, and myself sometimes saying too, yeah, but John Bechtel, he's doing things for God that's big. I mean, he's doing these amazing, he's planting churches, he's finding Christians. I don't think that really applies to me. I just am here at home working, you know, doing my regular stuff. Would would What would you say to that? I'd say that God works in everybody's life. I've talked to people all over this country who they, they can look back and say, you know, that wouldn't have happened unless God had intervened. I, I met a person who did this, that, and the other. Happens all the time, I believe. It, it's The hard part is recognizing it, that it would not have happened. How in the world do you meet this lady all dressed up, walking down the street, and she's the one who leads you to a Christian that you've been trying to find for two days? How does that work? That works because God wanted us to meet this lady and change our lives, never mind her life. I went back to see her I don't know how many times, mm. and she she was just wonderful. 
and and uh, was so happy that we'd see her. I introduced her to other Christians. I got her going in a house church. Everything, wow. and all. But but God had intervened in 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 part A, mm-hmm. so that she could have part Z and go through the whole thing, meeting people. So what would you say to somebody who says, "Okay, I want to be a person that allows things uh, that recognizes what God's doing around me. I want to do that. I want to. How do I do that?" I don't. I don't think it's very hard. I see it happen in my life all the time, and I, and I talk to a lot of people who, who in whose life this happens. Uh, a lot of times, people aren't cognizant of it because they don't realize that. But for God, they'd be in big trouble. But for God, you'd have a heart attack. Or, but mm. but for God, but for God, but for God, mm. and you don't even recognize it because because you're not you're not on the wavelength. Mm-hmm. Where you would you would say you know only God what what's going on here only God could do that. I have a question. Do you have any other examples of God having the right person at the right time? I have lots of examples. Can you give us one more? I'll give you the the one that happened to me most recently. Yeah, love I want, that. I wanted to go go into China and take Bibles to a guy in Shanghai who I met, who had been educated in the United States, and uh, he was a big shot in the government. And I met him, and I led him to Christ the time I'd been there before, and he said, bring Bibles. So I thought, well, you know, that's kind of dangerous. You know, mm-hmm. I could get thrown out of China for the rest of my life by taking Bibles there. I don't go there anymore, but uh, at that time, I went there quite often. And so I thought, well, Bibles, God's got to protect me with these Bibles. I could give you stories like this all day, but I'll give you this one. I'm taking Bibles to this guy so he can give them to the people in the government. So I, I got a box full of Bibles. And I and I got to Shanghai, and the guy in front of me, an American man, was caught with pornography. So I got involved immediately. I said, yeah, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. And I, and I said to the the guard, I said, this is what Americans bring in here. Look at this. Well, you know, I'm going on and on and on. I'm trying to get this guy to not pay attention to what I have. <laughs> so finally, finally, uh, he takes care of this guy. They take him off in a little room and talk to him. And then, then I see that they take the bags and they put them through uh, x-ray. I think, oh, so I told Donna, get out of here, go somewhere, and get back to Hong Kong. I'm going to spend the rest of my life in jail. And there's a guy sitting in there, and these things are going through, and he's sitting looking at him. You know, he's bored to death. So I thought, while our thing goes through, I'm going to be talking to him. (laughs) So I went, and this guy looks up at me, and I started talking to him in Chinese, and I'm looking out of the corner of my eye, and here comes our box. So I said, how are you today? What's your wife's name? And I, you know, I'm going into all kinds of stuff. And the box goes through, and, the, and I see other suitcases going up, and I say, have a good day. Get the box and take it to this man. So uh, God, God intervenes in enormous ways in, in our lives. I could, I could write a book on the way he, uh, he, he's worked in my life and in, in lives of other people who tell me stories about how he works in their life. Thank you, John, for sharing that. I think it's exciting because what it means is you don't have to be anybody special. No. You just have to change your mindset and realize he's already doing things yes. and start to say thank you and start to recognize you it. You don't have to be a theologian to have God work for you. That lady didn't know any theology, my guess, yeah. but she knew God and God helped her. Yeah. That's how it works. 
Can you tell me a story that you know is true, but you think that I might not believe? I'm impressed you believe that story. (laughs) I believe that one. Tell me a story that I won't believe. Okay, I'll tell you a story you won't believe. I was in China, and a gentleman told me that he was being followed by the police, and they were going to arrest him. So I said, well, then I'm getting out of here. I'm going to leave you alone. He said, no, I want to talk to you. We need to talk about things. I, I have some questions and so on and so forth. I said, well, has God been protecting you? He said, yes, all the time. He said, these two men follow me everywhere I go. And he said, I don't, I don't like to say this, he said, but, but here's how I get rid of them. I pray that God will have them find something while they're walking and following me that will take their attention away from me, and then I'll just turn left and go down the street and they'll never see me again. And this, this guy went on to tell me, a professor in Beijing University told me how he just would say, see these two guys following him and say, okay, Lord, there they are, take care of them, and pretty soon they weren't there anymore. And, and uh, I said, well, that's interesting. Maybe they went to lunch or something. He said, no, God, God took them out and took them away. And he said, I have lots of stories. So he starts telling me about a lady uh, who's up in the mountains and had a baby girl and threw it away because he didn't want girls. He threw it down a, 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 an old uh, well, a dry well. And some guy came by and heard the baby crying and and got the baby out. And that baby grew up to be one of the best evangelists in the entire area. How's that work? Only God can do that. Nobody else would do it. Hmm. So, I mean, I have stories as long as your arm about how God works in Africa. I I saw God working there incredibly. Mm -hmm. And if you're you're in, in the game, as it were, you can see these things happen and they're unbelievable. And you don't dare come back and tell people about him because they mm-hmm. won't believe you. They, yeah, right. That happened. Mm-hmm. It happened. I had three witnesses with me. Would you like to meet him? Mm-hmm. Eric Metaxas. He writes books. He writes these stories in the books because they happened to me. But I have four other people that would like to talk about him if you have time. So God works all over the place. That's great. That's so cool. God's in charge. I like that. God's in charge. Yes, we think we're in charge. We're not yep. in charge. Are you kidding me? No. God's... I could die right now of a heart attack if he wanted me to. Yeah. Lord, please let me live a little longer. Amen. We all say yes to that. <laughs> At least through this podcast, for crying out loud. That's right. Well, hey, our time is up for this podcast. We're going to have to push pause. But, John, we're going to have you back because we have a lot more questions for you. I can hardly wait. <laughs> all right. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. And we will see you next time. This is the Brinkman Podcast. If you want to learn more about it, go online, brinkmanventures.com. You can get your own version of Blue Hat T-Shirt Bible on Season 2. You can find it there. And, um, yeah, we'll see you again later. Bye-bye. 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 Thank you.